Hello, and welcome to the Biotech 2050 podcast. Biotech 2050 is a think tech chronicling the disruptions changing the biotech industry over the next several decades. Check out our website at biotech2050.com or on your favorite podcast listening platform. I'm Rahul Chaturvedi, co-founder of this podcast and today's host. I'm also the founder and CEO of Clora. Clora is solving the biotech industry's talent crisis by organizing and providing access to the world's life sciences expertise. I'm very excited to bring back a close friend, Ankit Mahadevia, president and CEO of Sparrow Therapeutics, for a special edition of this podcast to talk about his new book, Quiet Leader, Loud Results, How Quiet Leaders Drive Outcomes That Speak for Themselves. It's great to have you back on, Ankit, and I'm very excited to hear what you've been working on over the last several years. Thank you, Rahul. It's a lot of fun to be back. Awesome, man. So to kick us off, talk to us about what made you write this book and how you decided to write it. Yeah, thanks. The reason I wrote this book is that there's, I'm one of them, but over half of us in the world identify as quiet folks, whether we're introverts or shy or choose not to speak or the like. And throughout my entire experience, it's always been true that the folks that are the loudest get the chance to be in charge. For those of us who want to do something that's bigger than ourselves, it's been something that we've had to overcome in life. And my hope is through the book that we can identify ourselves, number one, Number two, find practical ways to both be ourselves, which is important, and be effective. Yeah. And I should mention, Ankit is someone who I have long admired in terms of how he approaches leadership in his own unique style and you know, really staying true to himself. And he's often served as a sounding board for me when facing difficult decisions. So he certainly brings a lot of credibility to being very successful in being a quiet leader uh, yet still getting very loud results from the companies that he's been involved with. Okay, talk to me about what you have seen in terms of what the opportunity cost is for someone who either aspires to be a leader or perhaps hasn't become a high-performing leader, largely because of perhaps their introverted nature. Rahul, it's a great question. I think my own story exemplifies this. At this point, I've been involved in the formation of nine biotech companies I've run a number of them. I've seen these companies grow from PowerPoint stage all the way to late stage clinical trials. Yet 20 years ago, I was the person that was asked to sit in the back of the room and crunch numbers while the louder people got to present data and take credit for it. And I think the opportunity cost is that half the world has great ideas to share and they want to solve society's problems. But because they're not extroverted, society tells them they can't lead. The cost is that half of us can't provide the best of us to solve society's biggest problems, number one. And number two, for these folks themselves, they are holding themselves back from what they really want to do with their lives and their careers. And the reason that you know I wrote the book and enlisted you and other friends and colleagues of mine that have done it effectively is that there is a way to do right by the organizations you build and be yourself, especially if you're a quiet person. And what have you seen in terms of others' perception of quiet folks in terms of being great leaders? And why is that wrong? So it's interesting. This was back when I was in business school. They have, unsurprisingly, a course on leadership. And the course, the particular class was actually what ends up being a chapter in the book. How do you build a following around you? And so the case example they gave of us was Steve Ballmer. If you're familiar with Steve Ballmer, this was him at a sales meeting, a developer meeting for apps. And he was jumping up and down the stage. He was sweating. They had to bring him a towel. 
screaming at the top of his lungs, turning red. And, and I'm looking at this guy and I'm saying, well, there's, there's just no way in hell I can do that. You know, I couldn't get that loud on my best or worst day. And so I think it starts there, even in leadership education. We are educated that the prototypical leader is someone who is an extrovert, who is larger and fills the entire room. Yeah. And what have folks gotten wrong about why that's not accurate, that you have to be extroverted? Well, it's interesting. A, a lot of the book, as we dive in, goes through both the neurophysiology of it and also social science research. There is no evidence that loud leaders actually are better leaders. The evidence actually says what we already kind of know to be true. Loud leaders are perceived by the general public and the people around them to be leaders. However, uh, the research also suggests that people follow them less. They're less sticky than the quiet leaders, number one. Number two, especially for motivated team members, kind of self-driven team members like we have in biotech, quiet leaders are way better when you measure them on objective results. So there was a Wharton study, Adam Grant and his team looked at pizza places. And they said, what happens when you have introverts that run pizza chains versus extroverts? And it turns out that especially if those employees are good employees, self-motivated and the like, the introverts generated far better revenues than those that, that were extroverted. And, and there's a lot of neurobiology behind that. Introverted people are just wired differently. And some of the things that help with their wiring, for example, how they listen, their capacity for introspection and creative thought their inability, given their personality, to talk over folks or, or kind of lose their temper in a way that an extrovert sometimes can, can really bring stability, calm, and creativity to leadership. And that's my point. You know, society has told introverts for the longest time, sit in the back, us extroverts got this, and you can do great work, and we'll take the credit for it. And, and I think that that's not right, because quiet leaders can be effective, and in many times, they can provide more to their businesses because of their personality. And there's so many examples of these quiet leaders, you know, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, all introverts, all effective. And Ankit, what were some approaches that you took to challenge yourself in this way? And what are some of the practical suggestions you have in the book? I had a, a rude awakening, I would say. So I, I did what many, many introverts do, which is, you know, for the longest time since I was a kid, it's our culture to be out and, and be part of the social scene. And I, I just hated it. And you always were told, speak up more, smile more, dance more, you know, be out there mm -hmm. more. And for the longest time, it was difficult. I remember in medical school, when I was a trainee, I had a well-meaning ER doctor take me aside and say, you're great at this ER stuff. You gotta, you're doing great, but you're just too quiet. You got to speak up. Here, have a cup of coffee. Wake up. And I said, okay, come on, man. Are you kidding me? And so when I went into my first professional setting, I took that to heart. I mean, I took even took a, an improv class for my wife because I thought it'd teach me how to speak up more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, what I ended up doing was just trying to act like my extroverted colleagues. And there was a certain point, and I was working on a particular therapeutic project. I think it was in muscular dystrophy. And I was trying to be in charge. And someone took me aside and said, look, I don't know what you're doing, but this isn't working. People just don't think that you're really kind of putting all your cards on the table. So they're not really following you. I mean, it, it was hard to hear, but they told me like it was. And I think at that point, I felt like I had to do something different. And, you know, really over the next eight companies or so, I, I really took it to heart and just kind of went back in the lab per se and, and tried to find a style that worked for me. And over time, it started to click. 
And, you know, I also learned from a lot of folks who've been quiet and thought about it. But I think that what I've learned, and it's in the book, is that there's really kind of four overarching ways that you can approach leadership that, that seem to be helpful. And the book goes into those specific examples, as well as a couple of dozen quiet leaders and how they do it. Yeah. You know, that certainly resonates when you're not being authentic and that even if others may or may not pick up on that, it certainly is very exhausting to the individual. I've, I've certainly felt that way when you're trying to be something that you're not because mm-hmm. you feel like that is what's expected of you. So certainly have seen the proof in the pudding as it relates to you and the various approaches that you've taken over the years to adapt to you know yourself. Uh, so, you know, really excited about your book being out for, for folks like us. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of stuff out there in terms of practicality of advice that you can apply. There, there really isn't. And it was interesting, kind of the genesis of the book. I think it was you and I were hanging out, and, I, I, and we, we got to talking about this a little bit, that the pandemic really crystallized it for me. You know, you, you really have this theory that a lot of the things that quiet leaders do are both necessary and sufficient to lead. And you really can't do the experiment until you get a time like the lockdown where all of the kind of, quote, extroverted things you have to do to lead aren't possible. And it turns out that you can still run your business and still inspire people. And it kind of was the jumping off point to say, well, wait, there's something to this. We actually stylistically aren't giving anything up. We can actually lead effectively. And the controlled experiment is that all the things that you would have done as an extrovert, you can't do in lockdown. And so that was the jumping off point for the book. I hope that it really reaches people who either think they can't lead or they're beginning to lead and they're struggling with that inauthentic version of themselves. They're trying to kind of fake being excited about cocktail parties. They're trying to have that 101st networking conversation when 50 would have done just fine because they feel like they have to. And you really don't. You you have to think about the world differently. And, And I hope that that helps folks who are starting to get on with their leadership journeys. Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay. Thanks so much for for joining us today and for giving us a peek into your first book. For our listeners, if you want to learn more about how quiet leaders have been effective while being authentic and specific frameworks that you can follow to do the same, check out Ankit's book available for purchase at www.quietleader.com. Good luck, Ankit. Really excited for you. Thanks a lot, Rahul. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Biotech 2050. This episode is hosted by me, Rahul Chaturvedi. It's edited and mixed by Megan Lovering. If you enjoyed this episode of Biotech 2050, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Biotech2050pod. Again, that's Biotech2050pod. Until next time.